In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember not, O Lord, our transgressions, nor those of our parents, and take not vengeance upon our sins. This prayer taken from Holy Scripture is also an antiphon chanted by the Church. It frames the psalms that any priest or bishop recites in preparation for the celebration of Holy Mass. This same antiphon is sung at the beginning and end of the seven penitential psalms, a set of prayers which is joined to the litany of the saints to form the Church's most solemn and powerful prayer of penance. This week, however, we were reminded of the origin of this antiphon in the Holy Liturgy. For we first hear this antiphon recited on first vespers of this Sunday, that is, the Sunday that begins Ember Week. It always bears reminding the origin of these of these days which have a somewhat mysterious name. When I first began to attend the traditional Latin Mass and saw these ember days fixed on the calendar and also saw that they had a penitential sign next to them, I immediately associated ember with ash, supposing that just as we do do penance on Ash Wednesday, so also we must do penance on these ember days. The word ember has nothing to do here with ash or fire. It is simply an abbreviation, a corruption of the Latin term Quatuor tempora, which over time in English was softened to the word ember. Quatuor tempora signifying the four times or the four seasons. These are some of the most ancient liturgies in the Roman Missal. These three days, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, which we find four times a year. There's no doubt that they can be traced in their practice even back before the New Testament. For the prophet Zechariah in the Old Testament already speaks of a fast during these four precise periods of the year, where he speaks of the fourth month, the fifth month, the seventh month, which in our calendar is called September, and the tenth month, that is, December. 
Thus, in the Roman calendar, they are kept in Lent, during Whitsun Week, that is Pentecost, in September, and in December. Several church fathers attest that they have been observed since the time of the Apostles. They exist to sanctify the four seasons, to beg God to bless the earth and to give thanks, especially in this September ember days, for a fruitful harvest. They were always accompanied by the traditional fast, which was always found during Lent as well. And up until recent times, this was still in force. That is, on these days, no meat could be taken, and we were all limited to one full meal. This prayer intention, though, related to the harvest, has, from the earliest centuries, been overshadowed by another. These three days of penance culminate on Ember Saturday with the conferring of all minor and major orders. In former times, this is how the entire church would prepare before undertaking the gravest action of raising new men to the service of her altar. The Ember Days were abolished in the liturgical reform of 1970. And yet the most holy and ancient Roman liturgy continues to breathe with that divine spirit that first brought it into being. And so in our country today, we find in these last few few weeks two, at least two diocesan bishops, including our dear neighbor bishop in Madison, calling upon all the members of their flock to return this week to the practice of fasting and abstinence on the Ember Days, especially for the intention of the sanctification of the clergy. If we consider this practice now in our time, when officially we have only two days of fasting and abstinence on the calendar, We can only consider this intention of Holy Mother Church as the gentlest of all requests upon us to do penance for these three mere days for such an urgent intention. And especially in reparation for sins which in our time we know require the most fervent act of reparation. How often do we forget that penance is the opposite of sin and thus the most powerful remedy for sin. Sin is defined as a turning away from God and a turning toward created things. It replaces the love of God in our heart with the love of things that can never fill our heart. Penance is a turning away from created things toward God. We give up 
delicious food and drink, worldly music and entertainment, the internet, needless talking, in order to be reminded that God alone can fill our heart and that the things of this world are here only to help us to get to heaven, and that even people in this world are to be loved for God's sake. So many saints have spoken with such divine eloquence on the virtue of penance, and most especially our holy patrons in the Institute of Christ the King. St. Francis de Sales says that in order that Christ's redemption may be applied to us, we must do penance. We must not deceive ourselves, for our forefathers have all passed by that way, young and old, small and great. In short, all have washed their feet and their hands in the waters of penance. St. Benedict, beginning of his rule, is the Lord sinking the laborer in the multitude, to whom he thus cries out, says, Who is the one who will have life and desires to see good days? If you answer, I am the one, God says to you, If you will have true and everlasting life, keep your tongue from evil, and your lips that they speak no guile. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek after peace and pursue it. And when you have done these things, my eyes shall be upon you, my ears open to your prayers, and before you even call on me, I will say to you, Behold, here I am. What can be sweeter to us, dear ones, than this voice of the Lord inviting us? Behold, in his loving kindness, the Lord shows us the way of life. And St. Thomas Aquinas, with his immortal wisdom, explains with brilliant brevity that to repent is to deplore something one has done. And sorrow or sadness can have a twofold distinction. First, it denotes the passion in our soul. In this sense, penance is not a virtue, but merely a passion. Secondly, it speaks of an act of the will, and in this way it implies a choice. And so it must be then an act of virtue. For a virtue is the habit of choosing according to right reason. And it belongs to right reason that one should grieve for a proper object of grief and for an end for which one ought to grieve. And this is observed in the virtue of penance. For in penance we practice a moderated grief for our past sins with the intention of removing them. Penance is a special virtue all its own, not merely because it sorrows for an evil done, for charity would be enough for that, but also because the penitent grieves for the sin he has committed, 
Inasmuch as it is an offense against God, and now has the purpose of amendment. Amendment for an offense committed against anyone is not made merely by ceasing to offend, but it is necessary always to make some kind of compensation which obtains an offense is committed against another just as retribution does. All of these things belong to the virtue of justice, and so then does penance. When we consider the scandal of the sins we hear about in the news today, we are all tempted to conclude that yes, but I want to be scandalized as well. After all, these are not my sins, but the sins of others. Yes, the fact that you are even here today to listen to my sermon shows that you come to the sacrament. You already pray. We may rightly hope that you are counted among those who are well. But our Lord says he came to heal the sick. And what better thing can we do than than unite ourselves to our Savior's work by healing, by praying for those who do not pray, doing penance for those, including most especially the clergy who are not doing penance. If they do not make their own the prayer which we have recited today, then we must recite it for them, mindful, of course, that we include our sins as well in that fervent prayer to God. Remember not, O Lord, our transgressions, nor those of our fathers, and take not vengeance upon our sins. The prayer of today's Mass is that the people that Christ has won by his work of redemption may not succumb to the defilements of the devil. But as we will hear from our Lord during these ember days this week, this type of devil does not come out except by prayer and fasting. O Lord, grant us then all to avail ourselves of this invitation to pursue the way of life, this joyful way of penance which alone leads to life. Remember not, O Lord, our transgressions, nor those of our fathers, and take not vengeance upon our sins. Amen.